0: Welcome to the Jenny Carlson Show, everybody. Before I introduce this week's guest, I want to say a quick word of thanks to these great sponsors for supporting the Jenny Carlson Show. Oklahoma Ford dealers, Laser Light Skin Clinic, MidFirst Bank, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Fire Lake Golf and Fire Lake Arena. And remember, drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best In Oklahoma, Well, it's OU Texas week, and of course, that means the eyes of the college football world will be on Dallas. More specifically, they'll be on the Cotton Bowl at the State Fair of Texas. And there's no one better to talk about the spectacle of this game than Bob Hilbin. Bob is the general manager and senior vice president of the State Fair of Texas, which actually started last weekend. So Bob, I'm guessing you're not getting a ton of sleep these days.
1: Not a lot, but I'll, I'll catch up sooner or later.
0: <laughs> Good to know. Well, Bob, first of all, you've been with the State Fair of Texas since 1967. You're coming up on 60 years with the fair. How did you get your, your start there?
1: Well, it was very interesting. I went uh, when the Coliseum uh, opened up uh, out here on the grounds for the Central Hockey League, um, Dallas Blackhawks. Me and my best friend decided to go ice skating one night, and he happened to know the manager of the rink. Uh, he asked us if we wanted part-time jobs, and of course we said yes. And so um, we became both became ice guards, and that's how really how I got started.
0: Goodness. Wow. Well, of course, OU Texas was happening when you got first got involved with the State Fair. What are some of your earliest memories of the Red River rivalry?
1: I just remember it being uh, super crowded. Back in those days, I was not in the maintenance department. So I really didn't have anything to do with it. I was still at the at the ice arena. And I, by that time I was the manager of the building. So all I did was manage that building. And uh, I remember at halftime about the flood of people coming into the lobby to use the restrooms. And then all of a sudden, everybody disappears again, and we go back to almost normal. But it was a flood.
0: I can only imagine just the amount influx of people there. Obviously, tons of pageantry and tradition with this game. I mean, team buses arriving on the fairgrounds, tunnel where both teams enter the field, the split of crimson and burnt orange. I mean, for you, being general manager, uh, senior vice president there at the fair, what are some of the challenges um, as it relates to a, a game with so many so many uh, the things that people expect to see every year. It's a
1: challenge to get everybody in here on the ground. So we open up a couple of hours earlier than normal uh, just to get everybody parked and inside the grounds. Um, and at the concession stands, we all everything opens up early on that day. Uh, so we, it's a challenge just to just get them all in here and at the bowl. Uh, ready to go inside for the game.
0: Yeah, those 11 o'clock kicks, I imagine, that only increases the challenge, right?
1: Right. So we're here anywhere from, some some guys are here anywhere from 3 o'clock in the morning on, and I usually get here about 5.30 in the morning, and I'm here until we close that night.
0: Wow. Wow, long days for sure. Hey, uh, let's talk about the tunnel a little bit, because that Mm -hmm. is really some of the most hallowed real estate in all of college football Um, It's obviously undergone some changes over the years, fencing added, covering uh, over the the tunnel. How how tough are those decisions? I mean, changing something that's so iconic, how has that that happened from your perspective?
1: Well, it's happened because because of the bands that have to come in, the teams that have to come in. So years ago, we decided to uh, use bike rack in order to keep all this traffic that's coming, especially the buses and all the escorts that are go up to the tunnel, uh, it, was, it became a safety issue. So we decided to barricade off and make a perimeter around the tunnel and the, the long road leading up to the tunnel. It just makes it uh, a much safer and quicker operation to have the general public behind barricades. They can still see the teams if you're in the right spot and see all the action that's going on, but uh, it's a much safer idea now.
0: Yeah. So, um, current contract with uh, the two schools and you all runs through 2025, but both athletic directors, both Joe Casiglione at OU and Chris Del Conti at Texas have said they want to stay at the Cotton Bowl. What's your expectation of how those discussions may progress? And and obviously, it sounds like uh, they want to be there for the long term.
1: Obviously, yeah. They definitely want to be here for the long term. Uh, We are talking to them right now. But we know that both teams want to be here. They don't want to move. They like the pageantry, uh, the crowd that shows up. Uh, they like having the fair here and all the excitement after the game is over with. Everybody goes out on the midway or to the, all the concession stands. So it's a, it's a huge deal, and they're not going to get that experience if they move to some other stadium.
0: Did you ever think there, all along the years, was there ever a moment where you felt like the game was at all close to being moved to another stadium?
1: No, I never, I never doubted that at all. There, you know, there's always that rumor out there, but uh, in our heads, there's there's no doubt about it. I don't think they will ever move.
0: Obviously, Jerry World, a shiny new stadium there in the in the Metroplex, did was it. I talked about thinking, you know, thinking about rumors and things. Was there a, a, a chance that Jerry World was ever going to maybe get built at Fair Park? Was that a close call at all?
1: I don't think so. Uh, you know, we, we've heard those rumors and uh, we know Jerry World is out there and they pretty much know uh, that this game is not going to move. Uh, we're not really that concerned about it at all.
0: Yeah. You mentioned, yeah. you know, fans and the tunnel and all that sort of thing. Obviously. I'm sure you've you've stood in that tunnel on game day, but I'm curious, how do you spend the day when it's OU Texas day? You talked about getting there before sunrise. What what's your day like when it's OU Texas game day?
1: I'm right there at the tunnel. I'm right there behind uh, where all the action is, uh, helping to coordinate the buses coming in. Uh, the fans have questions at the barricades as to how do I get to what gate. So I'm kind of right in there, and we have a we have a manager of the Cotton Bowl. So uh, I kind of stay right there. And if he's got it, if he needs to find me for an emergency, he knows exactly where I am. Plus, all of us have radio. So we stay in radio contact. But I'm right there where everything happens.
0: Do you move around a little bit as the game gets started? Are you kind of a a jack of all trades uh, addressing whatever issues arise or do you try to stay in one spot the whole game?
1: I'm pretty much right there at the tunnel. After usually after halftime, I'll start walking around the stadium to make sure everything's clean, everybody's in place again after halftime. Uh, of course, in the meantime, I'm answering my radio and my phone for other calls that are going on uh, out there on the grounds. But uh, after halftime, I usually start walking around the stadium a little bit.
0: So, considering you've got a lot going on on game day, do you have favorite memories of the rivalry? Or are there things about the game itself that stand out to
1: you? I don't see, I usually have, don't see too much of the actual game itself. I just know what the score is uh, and how close of a game it is. And if it's a blowout, you can, I can start seeing the losing team uh, start pouring out of the stadium early. So I know something is going on on the field uh, for in the wrong direction anyway.
0: So, as far as seeing those memorable plays that get replayed on uh, highlight reels, that's not something you get to see in person, it doesn't sound like.
1: I don't get to see those until I get back to my office. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I'm sure there's a lot of. Yeah. That's that you were feet from, but didn't get a chance to see.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yes.
0: <laughs> I, I obviously, people obviously see that there's a lot of notable faces, celebrities um, on the on the sidelines during games. Have you had a most interesting celebrity encounter, OU Texas Game Day?
1: Uh, we've had some, um, we've definitely had some celebrities come in that they're escorted up to the ball and then they've walked down the the tunnel to the field, uh, we've definitely had some of those. I can't remember some of them, but uh, yeah, we, we have several for sure.
0: Politicians and presidents have made it to that game. So that's a pretty, they that's got, a pretty uh, notable encounter.
1: Yeah, they come, they come to a different, uh, they have a prop, There's a small parking lot behind the tower building uh, on the opposite side of the stadium from where I am. So, the the governor, both governors, are escorted in on that side of the field, uh, right to their private seats out in the
0: stadium. Yeah, yeah. So, with like you said, you're you're manning the radio, your phone, uh, walking around the stadium. Second half, have you found yourself doing any wacky duties as this game has gone on? I mean, I assume there's a variety of things that pop up on any game day. Has there been anything sort of? head scratching that you found yourself doing during one of these games over the years?
1: It always surprises to me. It always surprises me how the crowd can find a hole in the barricade. And all of a sudden we see this huge amount of people coming through the barricades where we're barricading off the tunnel area. And we go, how did, who's doing, who's doing that? How did those people get in there? And so then we have to crowd them all up, push them outside the barricade and, uh, make sure that it's all secured and everything because we don't want the crowd back there where all the buses and the police escorts are.
0: I assume people, if they can get back there, they'll try to get back there for sure.
1: You know, they they really, I mean, they just see a hole and here they come. It's (laughs) like they're not really paying too much attention. They just know there's a hole in the gate and here they come.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What about, I mean, Huge staff of people that make this happen. Is there an unsung staff hero of of the operation on game day, or an, or an area of your staff that maybe goes unnoticed when it comes to putting this game on?
1: Yeah, there are several several people involved in this. Uh, our manager Jay Hutchison for the for the Cotton Bowl. He's in meetings all year long with both schools. Uh, as we get closer and closer, he gets more and more phone calls so he he's up to his eyeballs by the time the game gets is here and ready to go with uh, credentials uh just making sure we have meetings ahead of time just making sure that we have covered every item that we can possibly cover in order to make the game go smoothly uh without any hitches at all
0: yeah, yeah a huge amount of people obviously I, and i'm sure that there's people that who've never been to the game they may not know that thousands of people come to the fair wearing their crimson, wearing their cream on game day with no intentions of actually going to the game. They just want to be there. How would you, I mean, Bob, you mentioned like when you were working over um, at the, uh, the Coliseum, I mean, it's people coming to find bathrooms, but how do you, as somebody that's seen that happen over the years, how do you describe that scene to maybe someone who's never really experienced what this rivalry is like on, uh, you know, within the fair on that day?
1: It's, it's really fantastic. They're, they're, definitely dressed in the colors and they'll start showing up on Friday night uh, as we get ready for the fair so they're walking around Friday night in their colors and it's it's a real show I mean you know you know which fan is which fan for sure there's there's no doubt
0: What about this year for people coming down to uh, to the fair to the game are there any changes that people need to know about whether Parking, security, ticketing, any attractions, anything like that that people need to be aware of?
1: It's, it's pretty much the same as it was last year. I can't think of anything right off the top of my head that there is where there's a big change. Um, we're set up pretty much the way, you know, why why fix it if it's not broken? So it, it's, it's pretty, they'll see pretty much the same plan as, as we had last year. Yeah. Of course, we have different uh entertainers on the main stage uh right before the game gets started, so that's that's a little changed right there. but as far as the operation goes, uh it's pretty much the same as it was last year,. Right
0: we need to talk about my favorite subject, which is food. And obviously, uh, there's great food at the State Fair of Texas, whether we're talking about those corny dogs, funnel cakes, turkey legs, stuff that people are eating before the game, which frankly, makes my stomach a little bit uneasy thinking about that food this early in the morning. But I actually did a little googling. You have something this year called the bourbon banana caramel sopapilla, biscoff delight, which frankly, Bob, looks like Cheesecake smothered in about a million calories of awesomeness. I mean, what what do you what do you like uh, about the uh, the food selection, and, and what sort of stands out to you about that part of the fair?
1: Uh, yeah, everybody shows up for for the food for sure, and especially they everybody wants to try the Big Tech's Choice Award winners food. The uh, one stand that uh, was really popular and is still popular is the fried Faux. The other day on opening day, that line must have been fifty or sixty feet long in order to get that fried foe. It's had a it's had a lot of uh, press on it for sure. But uh, all of those, all of the Big Tech's Choice Award winners, everybody seeks those out uh, around the ground.
0: We didn't talk about questions beforehand, but you just led into my next question, which is lines. I have to admit. I'm not a big fan of standing in line. So, do you have any do you have any suggestions for people like me who maybe don't like to stand in lines, or do you just have to accept that that's part of the deal when you come to the State Fair of Texas? You kind
1: have to accept that part of it. Uh, on some of the really popular concession stands, uh, we've now built uh, queue lines for them, so it's you're you're not in a huge line and you're constantly moving. And so, as long as you're constantly moving. Uh, it makes it a little bit more pleasant.
0: What uh, what's your what's your advice for people that maybe have never come down to the State Fair of Texas? Do you have any sort of do's and don'ts list of first timers?
1: Um, yeah, there is there's a list of do's and don'ts. Uh, you really can't bring any food items in, like a, a big cooler or anything like that. Um, we don't we don't allow those. Um, of course, weapons aren't allowed on the grounds either um can't think of anything else right off the top of my head uh but they need to plan for uh traffic so if they want to be here like at 11 o'clock to go be sure to get a go see a show they always needed to leave a little bit early especially on the weekends uh just to make sure that they get here on time because of the traffic situation
0: yeah because you have such extensive extensive knowledge of the fair um i wanted to ask you for a little insider information which feels a little bit like asking like a fisherman where the good fishing holes are but is there is there anything that you would say to people hey don't miss this if you come to the state fair of texas here are some things that you absolutely don't want to miss
1: there are some we have some fantastic free shows I think if they can make as many of the free shows as possible, uh, especially the main stage, and then we have all kinds of other free shows around the grounds, we really have made some huge improvements uh, in the shows that are around the grounds. The puppet show is probably one of my favorites. The first year it was here, I guess I was over there at least five or six times because I just thought it was amazing. But the, the free entertainment, they definitely need to take advantage of.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, before we let you go, Bob, let's do a quick lightning round of some favorites here. What's your favorite fair food?
1: Um, I'm going to guess uh, pineapple whip. I'll probably okay. get three or four of those, three or four <laughs> of those a year. And I really don't even eat much ice cream at all, all year long. But that pine- pineapple whip is just uh, hits the spot sometimes.
0: All right, that sounds awesome. What
1: more, about? I've had more than enough corny dogs. I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've probably had enough for about ten people over the oh, years.
1: I, I certainly have.
0: <laughs> what about a favorite ride? Do you? Are you a ride goer? Do you have a favorite? Oh,
1: no, I'm really not a ride favorite. Uh, so if I was going to ride a ride, it would be the carousel.
0: Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Lastly. Lastly, one, okay, absolutely one thing a fair goer should not miss. You mentioned the free shows. Is that the one thing that they shouldn't miss?
1: That, I think that is the one thing they should not miss uh, because they're always crowded. They have really good crowds. The rodeo is a real big hit and it's a free show and it is very good. The first time I saw it was last year and I was super impressed. So if you like rodeo, go see the free rodeo.
0: Yeah, and I guess the message to fans is even if the game doesn't go your way, still lots of fun stuff to do at the fair. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Once the, once the game is over, then you can get out there and see, see all the free shows. The main stage will fire up. Um, and then we have the Esplanade uh, light show that's fantastic, fireworks and dancing out in the middle of the Esplanade. So after the game, there's still a lot to do.
0: Yeah, whether you're celebrating or trying to forget what your team just did, all all sorts of things.
1: All sorts of things. You'll soon, if you were on the losing team, you'll forget all about it within about ten minutes.
0: That's awesome. Well, thanks for your time, Bob. We know how busy things are, but this was great. I really hope that people have a chance to hear and 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 enjoy some of the things that you mentioned. That pineapple whip is at the top of my list. I know. So thanks for joining us.
1: Sure. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Yeah. Hey, and if you're watching us and this is your first time hearing or watching The Jenny Carlson Show, be sure to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. And remember, you can find all my work at solocrowd.com. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.